are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. Welcome on in, and I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but welcome on into episode number 10 of 10. the Heel Turn Collective Podcast. 10. 10. I can't, yeah, th- this is. If, if it were in Roman numerals, it would be the big X. Yep. We have made it here, episode mm-hmm. 10, and I am joined, of course, by somebody who just blurts out whenever, before it's his turn, Shane. What's going on, Shane? Um, nothing much. Um, I've been, I finally am starting to roll through The Last Dance, um, you know, maybe right, three months late. Hold on. Didn't I tell you to watch that fucking months ago, bro? Yeah, I, th- I thought I didn't have Netflix, but w- see, what had happened was that I did have Netflix. Um, um, I, I just I dropped think, the ball. <laughs> well, I think they just recently put it on Netflix. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Old uh, Dukes gave me a heads up on it actually. But um, of all the things that people were talking about, I think one thing that was heinously left out is uh, Michael Jordan's pointer finger. Um, yes. uh, very crooked. If you haven't seen very it, very crooked. Yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of bass, a lot of chess passes. I assume right in the old, you know, right <laughs> in the old diamond there, you know, but. Uh, but I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, he's the greatest player of all time, yep. so his fingers are gonna look however they're gonna look, right? Yep. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. He can but... still get rings on him, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, the ring still slides on the same. So if you haven't <laughs> checked out the last dance, though, you should. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's a hell of a competitor, and yep. that that just that whole documentary just proves it. But uh, and I'm I'm battling a cold, so I am not excited about uh, the prospect of being out in public this week for people. You got the snifflies, baby. So uh, people are going to shame me all fucking week. I can't wait for it. Uh, and usually when I get a cold, for some reason, I'm the anomaly that gets a cold for like a fucking month. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like I get this shit and it never goes away. Like the, the more I try to like, the more I try to be like, all right, well, I'm going to take some DayQuil. Also, can I just make a quick rant here? DayQuil and NightQuil are the pharmaceutical industry is sitting back laughing. Yeah making those like they're just a different color there's literally no difference they don't even help me i've yep. taken dayquil like a bunch and are, never have i felt better from are you uh are you a capsule dayquil guy or are you liquid uh dayquil guy well you know i'm a capsule guy because my dad just take the liquid and shove it up my ass so um, <laughs> i'm a i'm a capsule guy through and through but Either way, man, it's the pharmaceutical industry's way of just laughing at us poor mm-hmm. people. Hey, if yeah. we put this on sale and this is the cheap alternative, yep. you know, what are they going to do? They have to accept our gift yeah. of medicine. They, they're sick. What are they going to do? Buy our DayQuil or die. you got to yeah, choose. Absolutely. So I, I, and I, and I get a heinous case of the man flu every time I get a cold. It never, never fails. I'm, I'm the biggest bitch in the world. <laughs> And I have been driving my kids up a wall because I've been having them hand me tissues all day. Man, I'll tell you what. The one glamorous side of having children is, Christ, you don't even got to get up anymore. Like, yo, can you get me a tissue from the kitchen? And normally they're right on point. And they race to get it and then they hand it back to you. And Yeah, especially my daughter who suffers from what – see, there's ADHD and then there's what my daughter has, right? I mean, she's fucking Sonic the Hedgehog running everywhere. Mm-hmm. And- she gets me tissue really quickly, so big shout out to Amelia yep. for doing that for dear old dad. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But this Amelia, is if you're listening, Uncle Shane's proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Amelia, but nice try. I said Amelia. Uh, 
okay, whatever. Get but, off uh, back. This is the Heel Turn Collective Podcast, episode number 10, mm. the flagship show for the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. If you don't check out any uh, all the rest of our shows, you really should. We got three shows a week, and we really do new cool content. Uh, no guests this week, which uh, is kind of rare for me and Shane lately. We've had a lot of cool guests coming up. You know, the last couple of weeks, we had Andy from A Plea for Purging, Garrett from Silent Planet, John from formerly Life in Your Way, and now the current drummer in the band Comrade. So if you haven't checked out those episodes mm-hmm. yet, please do. And next week, boy, we got a doozy for you. Who do we got next week, Shane? We got George. He's a, he's a drummer. Stick to your guns. Yes, he is. And mm-hmm. not only that, not only that, but my wrestling fans will be really excited to know we're going to talk all kinds of wrestling. He has an experience not a lot of people have ever heard, and we're going to get his perspective. I mean, should we tell it's him? Wild. It's wild when I heard it. I'm not going to spoil it, yeah. but you're going to want to tune in next week to hear what this fucking guy's got to say, man, because he was at one of the most monumental wrestling shows ever. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I've never heard anyone have like a personal story of being at that show. So it's going to be really killer to yep. hear from a perspective from that. So we're really excited. Obviously stick to your guns, a huge band in the scene. Uh, my favorite hardcore band. And I'm going to try not to gush as much <laughs> as I can because I'm a fucking asshole, but I can't help it. Uh, that band is awesome. And to have George on the show is really going to be kind of sick for me. Um, we also might have another cool announcement next week. We, you know, we're still kind of working it out a little bit, seeing yep. if it kind of works out. But we got all kinds of stuff coming down the pike. And the support you guys have shown for the first 10 episodes have been great. Um, we just hope we keep that momentum going. Um, what do you got to What do you got to say, Shane? It was uh, honestly, yeah, like kind of uh, alluding to that whole support thing, kind of blowing up, blowing us both out of the water here. We've had a we've had a couple conversations off air where it's just been like, this is kind of unbelievable. So yeah. yeah, really keep it up. I mean, if you like the content that we're doing, please rate us whenever you can, and and just check us out on all all of the podcasting you know networks that you check out. So, but today, man, we got a loaded show. We got all kinds of cool shit to talk about, and I don't want to waste any more time. Shane, you ready to get this rolling? Let's roll. Let's do it. Let's talk some shit and get our asses whipped. Let's rock and roll. First topic of the day, Shano. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think UFOs are fucking real, man. And the Pentagon, the Pentagon has confirmed it. What are your thoughts on aliens and the existence of aliens? So um, even prior to this story coming out, um, I've been really, really, my bedtime stories has been ancient aliens on Netflix. Oh my um, God. Not ancient aliens with ancient... a fucking haircut. <laughs> um, but I mean... I've kind of been on the alien train ever since they said that the the Vatican is uh, hiding aliens in, in its basement. You know, um, that sounds about right. Well, it's look, very believable. Um, I mean, look, there's a lot of tin hat wearing motherfuckers right now, especially right now, man. In a time where it doesn't seem like this should be uh, something that we're kind of talking about, um, it's just it's all over the place. Everybody's a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. Everyone's saying. Oh, Jesus Christ, man, like this is alluding to this or this is about to get blown wide open and conspiracy theories are running wild right now. So yep. I mean, and not Hulkamania style, if you know what I'm saying. Sadly. But, yes. Uh, but I mean, so UFOs being kind of quote unquote confirmed by the Pentagon isn't something that really uh, surprises me at this fucking point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how hilarious is it too? Also that like we, we 
you know, I, f- I feel like the general public's been trying to claw at this one for, for decades, ever since, like, Roswell, all that stuff. And it yeah. happened this year, and there wasn't really a big blow-up, I feel like. You know, like, it yeah. it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Just, like, given, like, how crazy the year's been, like, it's just kind of, it's been more dust over, like, more brushed over versus, like, this is, like, historic news, like, yeah. Let, let's sit back crazy. and think about yeah, let's sit back and think about that and dissect that for a minute. This year's been so fucking crazy that UFOs <laughs> have essentially been confirmed and nobody's blinking a fucking eye because they're like, at this point, fucking beam me up, man. Beam me up. I will be the first one, man. Just fucking take me, please. You know, there isn't like an alien invasion, like Independence Day style. You know, that guy that kind of flies the jet. And that wouldn't be me. I would just be like, yo, dog, just take me, man. Just yep. take me. So I don't have to fucking be around people anymore, man. Because I'll tell you, <laughs> being out in public anymore. And and look, before any alien beams me up, okay, I saw a lot of pictures over the weekend of a lot of gatherings of more than 50 people. And look, I'm not going to harp on the mask thing anymore because I feel like I'm just, I'm talking into fucking air here. And it, it, it's baffling to me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of unmasked motherfuckers, and it just made me realize we're going to be sick for the rest of our lives. Yeah, so yeah. Yep. The man flu that I, you know, I just, I've given up. You know, the Republicans mm. win. The Democrats win. I I am just a guy in the middle that gives the fuck up. You guys can have this country. You guys can do whatever you want. Yep. You know, you can be on the radical left and the radical right. I'll just sit back while people burn my house down and loot everything, correct? Yep. Yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of the people who were, who were hitting the, um, who were, you know, apparently really, really excited for things to get back to normal. Um, none of those people really p- having the the social awareness to contribute to that. So yeah, like kind of a wild team of events there. Yes. It seems like they're rushing back to it, but you know what? More power to them. I, uh, I'm tired of, of giving my opinion and having people just have it fall on deaf ears. But I will tell you this interesting stat, a little unrelated to the UFOs though. Um, apparently the Republican, Approval for masks being worn is up 58% since Trump wore his on TV. So if that's a stat that doesn't stagger you, I don't know what the fuck will, man. You're made of stone, my friend. (laughs) There's so many words. There's so many words. (laughs) But I mean, look, I mean, to kind of put a nice little bow on this UFO thing, look, Mm -hmm. uh, UFO is one of those things. And and Shane, as as a man of faith and things like that, do you think the two can coexist? Do you think that extraterrestrial life and a higher power can coexist in the same thought process. I, I think so. Um, I like, it's kind of, I mean, kind of diving into the whole thing. Um, I, I heard, I like an old friend a long time ago who used to, um, uh, he actually like learned Hebrew and read through the original transcriptions, like the Hebrew translation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off with a, an A beginning where the modern translation says in the beginning Um, big old difference in one word. So who knows? Um, a alludes to multiple beginnings. So who knows what's going on out there? Wow. Look at Shane, the philosopher, man. I'm so proud of you really just bringing a lot of philosophy here. That's the, that's the smartest thing I can contribute to any conversation. So I'm glad I could use it. But look, I mean, real or fake, you know, who knows anymore, but Mm -hmm. At, at the rate this year is going, would anybody be surprised at this point? But yeah, I mean, wh- what are you going to do? But speaking of real or fake, Shane, you actually brought something to my attention earlier 
mm-hmm. uh, last week a little bit. Um, and me and Jordan Dukes talked a little bit about it on Word Up or Bird Up, but I kind of want to dive into it here again because we are a show that – you know, we like to talk about wrestling. We like to talk about everything on this show. For people that have listened, know, they know that. But something interesting happened, and in, in, like I said, me and Jordan talked about it a little bit on our show, but we kind of want to touch on it again here, and that's the battle between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Adam Cole was on the show, I believe it was Friday, wasn't it? I believe I so, yeah. I'm not mistaken. It was, it was Thursday or Friday. Yeah, one of the one of the two days later in the week, and obviously we don't record our show till earlier in the week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But mm-hmm. on this show, though, uh, you actually texted me and said, "Is this real?" Because it's hard when you hear something like this, and we're going to play the clip here, and we're going to kind of dissect it a little bit. But as a non wrestling fan, like, well, I, I shouldn't say non as a as a casual wrestling fan like you are, Shane. Yeah, when you see stuff like this. Obviously, you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not used to things feeling real in something that is predetermined or fake, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, I hate using the F word, but um, as, as, a, as a non, you know, as a non wrestling fan, when you see something like this and, and you actually texted me and you said this felt really authentic, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it was interesting because like it flowed really, really well. Um it flowed really, really well, but also like there was like a, there's elements of it that Pat usually doesn't do in the show, like it, like during his interviews and stuff like that. But it never felt as um, as like condescending as people kind of made it seem. Well, um, well, hold on, hold on. Because I thought I... the I thought the small thing was was very much more of like a. You're in this in this huge position. You're the you know you're you're the king. You're this over. Like this, you know, I mean, as a company, like very over, you know, using wrestling terms and stuff like that, but he is smaller. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take that question as a, oh, you're a small dude, LOL. Ha ha. (laughs) Wow. Shane, we must've been listening to different things then, my friend, because Mm -hmm. I, 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 and and look, uh, Mark Henry actually, I busted open radio, made a really good point. He said, look. Adam Cole opened himself up for something like this because he mentioned and he made fun of Pat McAfee being a punter, you know? Yeah. So he kind of opened the true. conversation. Very, very true. So he kind of opened himself up to be the quote unquote heel. Mm-hmm. And we use some wrestling terminology here and people that have listened to past episodes. know heel and face, bad guy, good guy, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. So Adam Cole, from that sense, opened himself up because he made fun of Pat McAfee being a punter, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm not going to play the whole clip, but I feel like Pat McAfee might have been a little condescending. And, and look, that comes from somebody I'm usually condescending. <laughs> like, I don't remember a time when I don't come off as condescending to people. I don't know what it is about me. I just love fucking just grinding gears, man. In this situation, though, as a wrestling fan and as a fan of Pat McAfee, I see both sides of it. I see... Mm-hmm. Pat McAfee trying to do his job and you know trying to make it interesting, you know, trying to get a little bit out of him, you know, that some other interviews might not. And Pat's a funny guy and he likes to, you know, kind of play it close to the vest and be real funny and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But like, I see if I was somebody like Adam Cole that constantly gets ridiculed for how small I am in a yeah. giant world, that would piss me off too. Because it's like, dude, that is so old. And look, yeah, I'm going to yeah. play the 
clip. I'm going to play the clip right here. I'll let everybody else kind of, we'll come back in right after it. We'll talk about it, but I'm going to kind of let everybody else kind of be the judge if this is real or fake. And this took place on the Pat McAfee show uh, early or uh, later last week. Oh, we're going to go with the size thing now. Fuck you, Pat. Seriously, I'm sick of your shit. I come the whole way here, take time away from my family to come to do your stupid fucking show. And you're going to continue to disrespect me. Don't touch me. Whoa. Whoa. Fuck you, Fuck you. No, fuck you. Get out of here. Shit. You all right? What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Okay, so um, there's a lot. There's a lot to kind of dissect there. But Adam Cole, like, look, anyone that he uses harsh language right there, and he drops a lot of fucks, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like WWE protocol. Obviously, it's not. They're a PG company. Yeah, They're trying to be more family oriented. So from that aspect, it makes it feel authentic because you're like, there's no way that he like does all this shit, but. I've seen a lot of instances of this that some non-wrestling fans or semi-wrestling fans might not have caught. You know, Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman in the 80s. They did this angle where he power drove Andy Kaufman, broke his neck. There was this huge fucking, like, Andy Kaufman, like, sued him. There was, like, a lawsuit and everything. You know, but it turned out to be a wrestling angle. Mm. You know, fast forward a couple of years, 15, I think it was, like, 90, I want to say it was 98, Bret Hart goes on Mad TV, puts Will Sasso in the sharpshooter. It's this big thing. He goes on WCW, again, a wrestling angle. And yeah. I try to harp, I harp on this all the time, being a wrestling fan. Uh, that Kevin Nash thing, man, that, that he said in that interview, you know, the only thing real about wrestling are the, are the miles and the money. That's it. Everything else is a work. So until, I don't know, like until Adam Cole is fined or fired or something – until that happens, I think this is a wrestling angle. With yeah. that being said, with that being said, do you want to see Pat McAfee in a wrestling ring? Do I? Yes. I think he would actually be really, really good in the ring. Um, and maybe that might be me just being a McAfee homer. Who knows? But I think that he he has the the like. I mean, he kind of has the ego for it. I don't mean that. Like, I don't mean like a like. Cause I don't think he's like a douche or anything, but I think he has, he can, he'd be able to pull off that kind of stage persona sort of thing, which is what kind the more I thought about this, what makes it more believable, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not mm-hmm. wrong in the sense of like, like Pat McAfee, like now I'm more worried about him getting in the ring. Now, a lot of people might quote WrestleMania 11, Bam Bam Bigelow, Lawrence Taylor were in the main event. Mm-hmm. You know, Lawrence Taylor, the linebacker for the Giants, <laughs> had no no wrestling experience whatsoever. He goes in there in a WrestleMania main event, and he actually has a pretty good match. Like anyone that mm-hmm. hasn't seen Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania 11, I suggest you go watch it, man. It's actually pretty bearable. For hmm. somebody that's on wrestler and things like that, it's actually pretty cool to see somebody kind of do that. Now, I think if they have Pat McAfee and Adam Cole at like an NXT show, I, I'm I'm for it. Yeah. If they have it on a big show, if they have it on like SummerSlam, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Like because I feel like I, I feel like a SummerSlam situation would kind of be like a um like some like that the Royal Rumble where like the honky tonk man shows up. Where it's yeah. like you're it's just like here a- so everyone else can get a breather. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Or that, or like, 
I think Pat McAfee in the ring with Adam Cole is something you do with fans in attendance. I don't think True. that's something you do with nobody there. Yeah. You know, so I think that, I don't know. I guess the long skinny of it, man, is like, oh boy. Like, the more I think about it, the more I just, I hate it because it's like, look, you got to break it down to its most finite level. Okay. You have Pat McAfee, let's just say on SummerSlam, hypothetically, you're taking a spot away from somebody else that deserves that spot. And I get it. Pat McAfee's going to get eyes on the product, you know, and, and he's going to, but. It's obvious the E doesn't care about pay-per-view buys anymore. They don't fucking care about it. Mm-hmm. Because if they did, they wouldn't have fucking, you know, 13 a year or whatever that had just have shitty main event after shitty main event. Look, and everything they got going on right now is is really stale. Yeah. And that's not even coming from somebody who barely watches the product, but somebody that's been watching the product for 25 years. Yeah. The product is really stale right now. There's been a lot of like if you look back in history, there's been a lot of lulls in wrestling, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, 94 to 97, you know, just a lull. The business was down as yeah. a whole. And obviously, look, a lot of this can be, a lot of this can be related to COVID. Okay. Yeah. I, well, kind of arcing back with, with some of that staleness when we, we've talked about this, I think it was episode one, we've talked about the whole wrestle, fanless wrestling thing. Yeah. Um, do you think again, kind of alluding back to that first conversation where we're like, could this be the signs of a desperate WWE? Um, Absolutely. Do you think McAfee moves the needle enough for a live show without fans to get more people tuning in? Because... For a a non-wrestler, dude, I just don't see it, man. Well, because he... Because he... He just signed that massive fan duel thing. Yeah. He's like, that show is just trending up and up and up and up. Yeah. Um, well, so they, know, they know he's on the uptick. They know yeah. that, you know. And, but and it, he, has, he has that history with NXT. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if you go back, it's another reason why I think it's a work. Mm-hmm. If you go back to these, like, pre-games and all this stuff that Pat McAfee does normally with NXT. They've always they taken shots at each other. Exactly. They've yep. gone back and forth before. So I just think it's long-term story building. I could mm-hmm. be completely wrong. And there's a lot of like, I don't know, like uh, that same interview that Mark Henry did on Busted Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about, well, I don't think it's a work, man. And, and there's that classic line for wrestling fans, workers getting worked. Like, it's like, you know, it's good. If this turns out to be an angle and you're fooling people that have been in the industry for 20 years, you know it's fucking good, man. It's money. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think Adam Cole has money written all over him. But I yeah. think he has money written on him in NXT. I don't think he has it in WWE. Which, I think he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, we, we've, like, talked about that off air a little bit where you were like, yeah, like, you know, if he gets pulled up to the main roster, he's just going to be another fish in the sea. Absolutely is. Um, which and, I guess, which kind of, like, kind of brings up, did you, I don't know if you saw the part of that interview where he says, um, uh, that he did it himself. Like he, he got to where he's at yes. by himself. That's what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, look, I, so that is where the line for me gets blurred because yeah. obviously the dude did by himself. Now McAfee kind of talked about the undisputed era, era helping him out and all his title matches and stuff. That's straight up wrestling lingo, bro. Okay. Yeah. Like, cause I understand. So again, like I think they're talking about two different things. Adam mm-hmm. Cole talks about 
doing it himself, which he absolutely has, man. I mean, I watched his matches in Ring of Honor. I don't watch any Ring of Honor matches. I watched his Ring of Honor matches, though, because there was a lot of buzz around him. Then mm-hmm. he got pulled up. Then he got signed to NXT. Yeah, he goes there. He's the longest reigning NXT champion, 403 days. All right. Obviously, what he's doing is talking about being the man by himself. McAfee brings up the Undisputed Era, which for those who aren't really fluent in NXT, that's a stable he's a part of, which I think is fantastic. I mean, it's Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, and uh, and Adam Cole, and then I'm spacing on Kyle O'Reilly. That's mm-hmm. who it was. And so these guys, like, obviously they interfere in his matches because they're a heel, they're a heel-like faction. Yeah. They're bad guys. So obviously they're helping him in the ring. But I don't think Adam Cole was talking about it in terms of wrestling i think he was talking about it in terms of like himself obviously he's done it by himself wrestling is scripted i don't i, I don't mean to not be breaking the, news <laughs> i don't mean to be the guy that that ruined santa claus for you but it's mm-hmm. scripted man and to say that's that's kind of the lead-in the lead-in mcafee talks about is the undisputed era and them getting involved in his matches and that's very wrestling lingo to me so for hmm. me you know sitting on it from the outside man i'm just like this is this is a little bit like this is too look i think if 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 it turns out not to be an angle um fuck man he really pushed his buttons the right way (laughs) which in turn he got good content out of it (laughs) um which i was literally just thinking about this as well if if this wasn't a work wouldn't you think that there'd be more blow up after the fact Probably there. Like, I mean, it would be in the newspaper. I mean, it, it would be, everywhere. it happened that day. It'd be on ESPN. Like it happened that day. And there was like a, like post about it for like two hours. And then it just vanished. I mean, look, the McAfee show put it on their own YouTube channel. Yeah. If something like that happened here on the heel turn collective podcast, Shane, let's just use our, our own selves as an example here. If so, if a guest came on and talked to us like that, would you air that interview? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, this guy's a fucking dickwad. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. But it's on his, it's on his channel, getting millions of views, by the way. Yep. I'm looking at this right now, Shane. Right now. We're at, you know, we're at 700,000 times this has been. Really? And it's, it's been three days? That's what I'm saying, man. Like, it's like 700,000 times this has been looked yeah. at. Okay? It'll be in the millions by the end of the week. So you're telling me millions of people have watched this and you put yep. it on your YouTube channel and I get it. Content is content. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have content like that, sometimes it's gold. Sometimes the, content like that is what you want. And even kind of thinking about it as we talk here too, the, the thing that kind of gets me with it that almost solidifies in my not very wrestling savvy head that this was a work is it even ends with Pat's like standing up being like, we're gonna gonna go after gonna go out there and fight this guy. Yeah, like it's like okay, well, so well, I guess he, and here's what here's what that may open up to like a ring or like a uh, like a match, but does that necessarily mean an NXT match? Like, does that mean that's, that's, could, <sighs> because McAfee has his own ring? Do they have a match? Do they have a match on? on the Pat McAfee show and then air it. That would be, that would be the lamest thing. And you can at me at on Twitter. It'd be a little underwhelming. I'd admit 
had that would be that would be as underwhelming as CM Punk coming back to wrestling on some fucking talk show after <laughs> Smack. All right. That's how underwhelming that is. Don't get me well, fucking started on that. CM Punk is the man you know come back to that. I'm I'm gonna pencil in my, my guess right here. I and, and this is gonna be a little this might be a little bit of tin hat here, but it's gonna be I'm predicting it's going to be on the Pat McAfee show YouTube, probably live event. Um, probably have a couple of his, like his producers be the announcers probably have, I'm going to guess Boston Connor on the show is probably going to be in rink referee. Let me, wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. Um, and there, those two are going to wrestle and there's going to be a fan duel, uh, like place the odds thing on it. That's my that whole guess. Fucking, okay. That whole concept you just gave us is fucking ridiculous. Let me, let me just tell you that. Is right it now. far it's, off though? Yes, it is. Because here's <laughs> why. Here's why. Cause we have already mentioned it. We've already mentioned it, man. You're in a climate right now where wrestling is on the decline. And when yeah. I say on the decline on the steep decline. Okay. Raw just had a, a rating, a 1.5. 1,500,000 people tuned into Raw. I remember when Raw... In That's the, low, in, right? That's super low. I'm about to tell you how low it is, Shane. In the <laughs> Attitude Era, they were averaging 6 million people a week. That's how far wrestling has fallen off Ooh. in the last 20 years. And I get it. You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, the Attitude Era will never happen again. Fair. It's not. Yeah. Like, some of the shit they did on there will never fly again. It yeah, won't. I doubt we're gonna have Mick Foley like throwing like tacks at people and Rikishi getting choke slammed off of a cage under well, the back uh, of a truck that Cody definitely did not have a mattress under all the hay. Well, look, Cody just took a choke slam into thumbtacks, but hmm. on AEW. But I mean, that's that's different. not WWE though. It's another ball. <laughs> but, but yes. So WWE has a lot of corporate sponsors. Okay, so obviously the Attitude Era is never going to happen again. It yeah. won't. And it was kind of, but that's just to give you an indication. It's dropped five million viewers in twenty years. I mean, it's a deep decline. You think Vince McMahon's going to give that away on the Pat McAfee show? Yeah, Fuck? true. No, he ain't. If they're going to capitalize on this, and this is actually like a work, you're doing this at SummerSlam, or you're doing this at like Survivor Series. And not on an NXT show, which will make my fucking head explode. You need to have McAfee on an NXT show. Yep. Not that I think NXT's B level because it's not. It's actually one of my favorite brands. Yeah. But look, NXT, and I explained this to somebody the other day. NXT is in an actual like they're they're going up against actual competition where Raw and SmackDown aren't. Mm-hmm. NXT going up against actual competition in all elite wrestling. Yeah. So they're going to capitalize as much as they can. They got their ass whipped in the ratings this week. AEW beat them by 250,000 people. That's a lot of fucking people. I was going to say, that's, that's not an accident. And I get it. NXT has been winning the last couple of weeks. And and I understand that. I understand it from that standpoint. Look, mm-hmm. NXT wins a couple of weeks, you know. But now they're getting their their asses handed to them. That's what's yeah. happening. So now, now what do you what do you do if you're Vince McMahon? You're panicking. Yep. Because nobody's ever given you this level of competition in a long time. Yeah. And, and since what, WCW probably? Or yes. or like um or ECW maybe? Yeah, 20 years. And so I think that look, I think NXT did like 550,000 viewers this week. 
550,000. That's not very many. No. <laughs> television property that I would produce would get less than that. And just save your breath when you say that, because I know that. <laughs> well where's your show lance (laughs) that's everybody's fucking you criticize anybody nfl wrestling you know otherwise i don't see your fat ass up there doing it either lance and i'm like you're right i'm not trying to be up there yeah i'm not i'm not flying my craft in the 20 by 20 square circle you know yeah i'd love to be i actually i actually did a little bit of light training and i died within an hour i was done (laughs) i was like you know what for me and i know that you okay. know, so like playing so, armchair quarterback, you know, that's how I see it. I'm going to rescind my, my guess then, or my prediction, because you, you brought up a very, very valid point. It's going to be on an event, whether it be a pay-per-view or whatever, um, probably pay-per-view. And my assumption is going to be uh, the McAfee show producers are going to be the like, you know, the cronies that come down the ramp like halfway through the match and like. Yeah. Some sort of like super dirty win sort of thing, or they like pull them out thing, like right before a pin. The thing that they okay, so the thing that the thing that bothers me the most, but uh, even about the concept of this match, the thing that bothers me the most is how fucking goofy it has the potential to look. How yeah, yeah. Goofy. If Pat McAfee comes out and makes a total fucking joke of it, yep. if he comes out. Look, this is the same guy that wear fucking shorts uh, tuxedo shorts to fucking wrestlemania got in the backstage <laughs> fucking argument with adam or michael cole because he's like dude you can't go on fucking camera like this because it's fucking wrestlemania you know it's the same fucking guy so he comes out with like a cape on and shit with like a man can you see fucking mcafee doing that coming out in a fucking suit like a batman suit and shit <laughs> Got a cape and a fucking weird headband on? Like, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, this has the potential to be goofy as fuck. It's either, gonna be, it's either going to be really, really goofy or an actual really, really good match. And there'll be no in-between. No yes, in-between. That's, that's what I'm saying. Either Pat McAfee's going to overperform to a point where I'm going to be like, Jesus Christ, why aren't you in the ring full time? <laughs> look, look. We all saw Rob Gronkowski win the 24-7 title at WrestleMania. So nothing's impossible with this fucking yep. Yeah, nothing possible. But to me, McAfee in the ring, he's just gonna make a big fucking joke of it because that's how people see the wrestling business. Yeah, they see guys walking around in fucking like tights, and they're just like, he's no different than fucking you know Bruce Wayne doing it. It's like, yeah, not wrong, but like you don't need to. (laughs) You're not right though. (laughs) Let us. Okay, so uh, actually, my wife pointed out to me very, very correctly one time that wrestling fans and NASCAR fans aren't very different. And I kind of agree with that. Dang. Proceed on the thought process. I want to hear where this goes. It's the same fucking concept. Okay. NASCAR fans and wrestling fans are cut from the same cloth. Normally it's fucking redneck trailer trash kind of people. And look, before you start getting all on my shit, that's me, man. That's perfectly describing me. I grew up in a trailer park my whole fucking life. All right. We had fucking, I, I, Rusty Wallace was as big to me as everybody else. Not Rusty. I mean, my man, Rusty Wallace. You mean the Miller Lite 2? Yes. And who I actually thought was still racing until, until Shane correctly pointed out to me. Who's the new number two, Shane? Uh, Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski. Uneducated buffoon. Brad (laughs) Keselowski. It's the number two Bud Light car right now. So if that doesn't get a pop out of you, I don't know what will. <laughs> Shane fucking knows who the Miller Light number two car is. But, mm. uh, but that was me when I was a kid. Look, I'm self I'm self-professed trailer trash. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way it is. My kids are born into it. My fucking, it's just, it's wild. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think that, um, it's just fucking, it's crazy to me, but McAfee and Cole, I think that deserves more to be with fans rather than without fans. Right. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But if we're talking about things without fans, I mean, obviously, um, there's a lot of things going to be without fans for a long time and not to make such a, you know, not, and I know all the, all the wrestling darlings are going to be like, no, no, no. Continue to talk about it. Trust me. We're going to have more wrestling talk as the weeks go on here, especially mm-hmm. next week yep. with George. But speaking of no fans though, there was an interesting, uh, thing that came out, Shane. Uh, yeah. The, the, was it a pr- pr- promoter of Lollapalooza, right? Um, yeah, he was the, he's like one of the big wigs in, in Lollapalooza and, and, and like the entertainment industry across the board, um, just came out about like, um, I think it was like late last week around the same time as all this McAfee stuff that, uh, he could see festivals and kind of bigger concert things, um, being on the hold until, uh, 2022. Um, 22. which the previous line was about summer, uh, 2021. Yeah. Um, but he's predicting even farther out. Well, well, look, I remember when the initial, when COVID first hit and mm-hmm. the initial, like the initial talk was, we're not going to get concerts until fall 2021. And we all thought like sitting from March, 2020 being like, Jesus Christ, not going to take that long to recover. Well, now that we're in, like, <laughs> in this. I could see it going to 2022, especially yeah. because, look, there's no <laughs> way, there's no way to regulate this. Yeah, I saw, I saw a, a little bit ago, like there was a metal fest in Wisconsin that like Static X was fucking headlining or whatever, and they had like 2,000 people there, but they were spread out all over this field in like fucking lawn chairs. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to regulate this. Yeah, there's well, that's, no and that's- way. And that's kind of a thing that's brought up um, that that Mark Geiger kind of brings up here is he's like he's like honestly largely it's it's insurance re- like related, um, yeah. yeah, especially like on on these huge scales where it's like you think of um, I'm trying to think of what like I mean think of a Lollapalooza where there's you know what there's hundreds of thousands of people at that festival, mm-hmm. you know this isn't in, in a situation where it's like okay like. Um, that's an event that's easily pinpointed for you contracting yeah. this, this whole thing. So it's like, this isn't like, okay, a guy like one person got injured or whatever. And it, 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 the liability comes back to the festival. This potentially has the outcome of, you know, like dozens of thousands of people becoming a lot yeah. like, you know, are, who are able hold to on, hold on, what hold on, dozens of thousands. I've never yeah, I wasn't sure if that was if that was correct verbiage or not while I said it. I was just kind of going for it if we're being real. Dozens of thousands. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Anyway. But no, yeah, like that kind of the the level of liability just skyrockets um in, in this current climate. Yeah. It takes long enough to get into a festival like that under normal circumstances. Yeah, Normally yep. you're standing in there. Anyone that's been to any kind of big festival, you know, warp tour or anything like that. You know, it takes fucking 45 minutes to get in the goddamn door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are just standing there acting like assholes. <laughs> and you mean to tell me that you're going to expect the ticket takers to take everybody's temperature. Get the yep. fuck out of here, man. <laughs> also, no- a lot of these people, too, like, um, when they go to festivals, they forget how important water is and how, like, 
real dehydration and like yeah. heat and stuff like that is. Um, and yeah, so it's just like, and now adding, yeah, there's just, I, well, there's not any good reasons to, and I mean, honestly, I mean, this affects a large part of, of my life with doing touring and all that fun stuff. But like, I just don't really see, I don't see how the good outweighs the bad on this one. If I'm being yeah, honest, because typically, and you can, you can fucking, you can, you're just wrong. If you disagree with me, I've been, to, I've been to festivals that last, you know, multiple days. Mm-hmm. The only thing they have there is porta potties. Normally people are pissing and shitting all over each other, <laughs> you know, fucking sleeping in tents. Yeah. You haven't showered in fucking days. You mean to tell me they're going to yeah. open that back up and be like, it's no all way. good, man. There's it's no way. Also, on. like, also in this climate too, like, which uh, I didn't like see, I didn't read far down enough, honestly, to see if this was sight or not. But like, you got to think of the, of the travel, like implications there where it's, you know, especially at a scale of Lollapalooza and whatnot, that's huge. Like yeah. that, that's, 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 that's worldwide. And a so lot it's like, of yeah, like with, yeah, well, a lot of these bands are commanding thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go see, when you go see the big ass, when you go see the Foo Fighters, and you go see these huge fucking bands, they're not playing for cheap, man. And yeah. there's no way they're going to play in half-empty stadiums. There's just mm-hmm. no fucking way that's going to yep. happen. Yeah. So, like, for me, man, like, so between taking people's temperature at the doors, between, like, trying to see if everybody's being fucking safe and distancing and at least can at least fucking a quarter of you wear a mask. Like, is that, is that too if, sad? And I, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out into, into the, uh, to the, your band, the bandwidth of the internet here. But, um, if you ever want to see your favorite band again, just put a mask on. If, yeah, if you need any sort of motivation to do it, just put a mask on. Don't be a baby. I promise it'll be all right. And, well, look, uh, we, we've been alienating a few people on the show, uh, specifically, uh, my boy, Ryan, I'll always give him a shout out. Uh, he's a big anti-mask guy. Um, and he tells me all the time to shut the fuck up about it. And I will not, I will not, be I, will. Nope. <laughs> I will not be silenced on this particular issue. Big shout out to my boy, Ryan, but Ryan? Uh, yeah. But, uh, so I think that I think, like, like I said, I think taking it at face value, like mm-hmm. just thinking about it for a second. Yeah. And then somebody I like I've went to I've went to sporting events and concerts and things and you're right up against people. That's what people don't fucking yep. understand. At these things you're like neck and neck with fucking people, man. Yeah. You're standing hand you might as well fucking be holding hands, you can kiss the person beside you. Mm-hmm. You know? So to to me, the way that they're trying to enact things right now, there's just no fucking way this is happening any time in the near future. Nope. No fucking way this nope. is happening. It's like and, there it was yeah it's just it's such a wild thing too like and i can't really like yeah i just can't fathom like no. or I, let, let me restart that one the like the like the widespread effect that this has had like i know for us just us you know we're some like we're a small little indie rock band from colorado here but the like we just released a record at the at the beginning of this and there's a strong chance that record will never see the road yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I've and, heard stories where like bands have released a record like recently, and they're already writing follow ups because they have a year to write it. Yep. So there, there's a chance a lot of these new CDs that get you're not even going to see bands tour on them mm-hmm. at all until they're ready for the next album cycle. And for those 
who aren't really fluent in music. Typically, a touring cycle is two years. Typically, yep. you release the record, you tour in it for two years, you write and record the next one. Yeah. Uh, some bands don't follow that, <laughs> but uh, most bands at, at you know semi professional levels will follow that. You know, typically it's a two year touring cycle. Mm-hmm. But if you just released a, a record this year and you have just a year of time on your hands, yep. what the fuck else are you going to do but write? Yeah. You know, you don't have anything else to do. You might as well write the next yeah. fucking record. Or, or even at that point, like, you know, if, if festivals and then hypothetically, if touring is kind of grouped in with that, like, um, you know, there's by the time that a lot of these travel restrictions and capacity limits and whatnot are lifted, that record's out, like outdated. If they're lifted. If they're lifted. That's the thing I'm most worried about. What I'm most worried about, and and I alluded to it earlier, a lot of tin hat wearing motherfuckers, you know, being around. But, like, the one that that I think people are pretty spot on on are the government is really, I feel like they're really overstepping their boundaries in the sense of, like, the way that. So how, how do I say it? I think the government's being really, like, overreaching when it comes to, like, their ability to open and close things at will. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I think the mask mandate's smart, but I yeah. think it should have happened fucking a month ago. It should have I, happened at day one. It should have happened a long time ago yep. because you hear about all these other countries that are just New Zealand has zero cases, by the way. Yeah, right? they're going and, back to school. Yeah. Like and no they're, strings attached. They're going back. Don't get me fucking started on school, man. Yep. And this isn't a political debate. And we're not going to get into this, but I just wanted to make this point as it, as it pertains to like concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. The government is really overstepping their reach when it comes to like open and closing things. And I'm afraid what I'm afraid of, and this is kind of the conspiracy theorists coming out of me is what I'm afraid of is that when it comes time to open back up, they'll be like, this is your new normal. Yeah. And it'll kind of like drop the hammer a little bit. Exactly. Like it's like, okay, well, Concerts with 4,000 people crammed in an amphitheater will never happen again. Yeah. It's like, dude, like it could possibly happen. And I'm not trying to scare people, you know, or whatever, but like somebody that two people that have been deeply rooted in concert, you know, and shows and concert things, we kind of see it from a different perspective that some other people might. Yeah. No, for sure. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, it's a scary time. Mm -hmm. And I know Shane, you make fun of, you make fun of guys all the time. Like, you should have a backup career, man. Like music should never be your career. Yeah. Unless you're in a huge fucking band, unless you're in well, fucking, it, it you can know. be your career, but like banking on it in, in a, in an industry that I feel is so fragile. Yeah. It's just, so up it's down. a reckless move. Like, Absolutely. Banking um, your entire existence on that. Like mm-hmm. you hear a lot of guys in bands, you know, they do graphic design work on the side. They do. Yeah. Find a side band. hustle, find a yeah, side exactly. hustle. And that was one of the, one of the earliest, pieces of advice I ever got was when you get in a band, don't bank on this being your only source of income because it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not sustainable. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, Which that's like the stuff that like breaks my heart on this one. And, and uh, you know, obviously this isn't me like taking a shot at, and not trying to make light of anything here, but like there's, there's going to be a lot of people who are put out on this one. Like as, as far as like, sure. you know, that, you're absolutely right. There's going to be a lot of people you know, that are just the, the thing that they banked on is just gone. Like it's absolutely. And yeah. You get the rug pulled out from under you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, 100%. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to kind of see how things kind of play out. It'll be really interesting to see 
you know, where it goes from here. Cause yeah. I don't like to be a doomsday guy. I don't like to be all doom and gloom, man. I'm a happy guy. Like I, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just got to put on that pessimist hat and be like, yo dog, I don't think this is happening anytime soon. Yeah. And like I said, man, I went to, I went and saw kill switch engage right before all this shit got shut down. They did two shows on the tour. I was at the first one. So like, and there was probably 3000 people in there. We were packed to the gills, man. <laughs> and I just don't see that happening anytime soon, bro. And it breaks my heart. A lot of bands are trying to do the whole streaming thing, trying to do like, uh, you know, like uh, they're trying to do like live show streaming and things mm-hmm. like that. But like, I don't know for me, I just couldn't get into that. Cause when I see a band it's, live, it's it's, it's hard to actually feel it. You know, you want, you want to feel the kick drum in your chest, you know, and you can't really do that through a, through a, a like a laptop speaker. <laughs> yeah. Something about like, singing along with other people and it's loud as fuck in there and it's just like mm-hmm. there's just something about that yeah that can't really be duplicated you know but mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's going to be an interesting couple of, it's going to be an interesting year mm-hmm. uh you know going into next year late next year kind of seeing how things play out yeah you know, we'll see what happens but fingers crossed kind of things get back to but look man this could be I'm just trying to prepare people for this. This could be our new normal, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to prepare people. Like, look, and I don't know, but I, I think it's a scary time, man. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen. I, the only thing we can do is just hope, you know? Kind of like another another thing that, like, I kind of want to touch on with this one, too, is, like, and it just kind of shows the the consistency of the lack of value and respect for the arts. Like yes. in, in the, like, in, I don't know if you want to call it in our like culture or whatever. Cause like naturally, you know, go, coming up through high school, like I was, you know, that was my world was, you know, the arts and music, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Those were always the first thing. Luckily it didn't really happen in our school that much. Um, uh, but like you always hear stories and horror stories of schools losing funding on their, on their, their music and arts programs and stuff like that. Um, and through yeah. this, it's only shown more consistency is that like venues and bands and all that fun stuff have gotten no support, yeah. little to no support. Um, and I just read a thing that I guess there's going to be some sort of, or at least it's being talked about, which at least it's being talked about, um, uh, about, you know, backing for music venues across the country, which, yeah, I, I don't know why a lot of those a lot of that backing went to banks and crap to start off. But yeah, I, I just feel like this was just this, this was like this part of how, how largely this would have, would affect the country in this regard. Like yeah. just was not taken seriously from the get go. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I don't think it's hard to, it's hard to sit back here at 50,000 feet and kind of point fingers, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of like, Hey, you know, this would have been handled differently, you know, Cause none of us really saw this coming. And if it's true that, you know, the government had like a heads up, I have no fucking idea. Another conspiracy. <laughs> they knew about this in fucking November or whatever, you know, yeah, like yeah. if that's the case, then, then shame on you, man. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. So it's a scary, it's scary, man, especially for people that have kind of seen and kind of withered the storm a little bit, have been in the thick of it. Look, you don't make a lot of money being at the regional level anyway. Yeah. So, this is really going to put a damper mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I just hate to say it. It's like a lot of businesses 
a lot of bands aren't going to survive this. Yep. A lot of bands just aren't going to survive this because they're going to be like, look, I found something else to do. And then whenever, dude, even when touring comes back in 2022, whenever it is, even when it comes back, I think it's only going to be like either small to regional size shows mm-hmm. or, or bigger shows. Like, I don't think that there's going to be any like, yeah, we're not going to slap this thing open. And it's going to be back to normal. Ooh, again. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's going to be a slow burn, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fucking slow burn. So yep. it'll be kind of interesting to see how it plays out though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, 100%. I mean, yeah, something that something that I, else I wanted to talk about today, though, that, that is also affected by COVID, believe it or fucking not, although it seems like it's getting a little bit better, is NFL training camp is starting this week. Look, I bit the bullet the other day. I bit the bullet, oh, Shane. What'd you do? I watched, I watched the Yankees and the Nationals. You watch baseball? I watched a baseball game. And what they're doing is actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah. They're like they're like video people in in, in there. <laughs> it looks like there's people there. Also, at the Dodgers game, I don't know if you saw the picture of this, it's on Twitter. They actually had a full stadium, and then in the seventh inning, they actually had the video people leaving to, to beat parking. Or to beat yeah, to beat people out of the parking garage. They're not real people, but it's so fucking sick how they did that. Yeah, they're just like, you yeah, like, like that's the thing of obviously it's like like it, obviously, it, it's gonna look weird. So why not have fun with it? Yeah, that's sick. Exactly. That's super, super cool. Also, there's a picture going around. Uh, Doctor Fauci, this fucking guy, right? He threw out the first pitch of the Nationals game, and then wasn't somebody, good. yeah, it wasn't. It was a terrible throw. Terrible fucking throw. Uh, somebody actually said, "Hey, look, he's this is the the same way that he's like pointing the uh, the American people, which is." Actually, pretty funny if you think about it. But anyway, so it's, there was a picture floating around on Twitter of him sitting in the stands with his mask on his chin. Guy to his right has a mask on. Woman to his left, obviously his wife. You know, so they're in the same bubble, mm-hmm. and there's nobody fucking sitting around him. Nobody. Yeah. Right. And people are still roasting him on this picture. Look at this asshole! Like he's it's not like, even following the same guidelines. It's like, I guess he is. Like, it's, not, like, it's right. the same as you going out, like going into your like sit outside sort of place. Yes. It's the exact same thing. People are acting like he's up there high-fiving with other dudes in the fucking stands, man. There's nobody there. It's only him, <laughs> this fucking guy on the side of him, and this woman on the other fucking side of him, obviously in his bubble. And if this guy on the fucking right isn't in his bubble, he's got a fucking mask on, man. Yep. So absolutely. It's just because, like, I don't know, dude. To me, <laughs> now you're fucking reaching for straws, bro. Yep. Now you're fucking reaching for straws, man. Yeah. And so I just, I, I, uh, I don't get it, man. I don't fucking get it. You know? Um, so I, and anyway, so mm. NFL training camp opens yep. this week. Uh, there's a report that came out that Patrick Mahomes was actually a little weary about coming back, but then he saw the precautions the chiefs were taking. He's a little bit more excited about it now. Yep. There's, Which there's he just really- became the head of, the, of, uh, was it, I don't know if he was the Chiefs representative or overall league re- representative for the NFLPA. I, saw I, that. I, I think it was for the it was for the Chiefs because he took over Colquitt's spot. Yeah, I think they they are going to just put him on the fucking shield here directly. Which yeah, honestly, I, I like if if they did that, not a bad idea. Um, yeah. But well, I mean, I, the, the cool thing with the NFL NFLPA thing is, from what I've read and from what I've like through interviews or whatever, I've heard that the PA isn't like as far as player representative isn't usually the face of the league. 
So yeah. to kind of have the face of the league be the one that's able to throw the weight around, um, that's a huge thing for the NFLPA, yeah, I think. It's pretty, it's pretty unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Like, now, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the face shields these guys are going to have to wear and shit like that, what kind of precautions are going to be taken, and I just I can't believe – actually, somebody brought up a good point in ESPN the other day I was listening, and, and they said that, you know, if a starting quarterback gets COVID, who's the you- person that's around him the most? The backup quarterback. That's a good point. So if you are supposed to be quarantining and your star quarterback gets COVID, your backup's going to have to fucking be who's, in quarantine too. Who's the best third string quarterback in the NFL? I don't fucking know, man. Um, I don't know. Is it Mike Glennon in Arizona, perhaps? I don't fucking um, know, man. I mean, this would make it look really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Just showcasing how much of a super genius John Gruden is. Um, That's the strongest. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't care if it's reckless. He has set up that locker room and that QB room perfectly for COVID-19. Jesus Christ. Oakland Raiders win the COVID Bowl or Super Bowl, whichever one ends up being. Lock it in. Yeah, lock it in now. Um, So... (laughs) Actually, Ryan Clark made another funny point, too, on ESPN. Not Ryan said, Clark. Uh, yeah, well, he said that Colin Kaepernick, this just goes to show that how blackball he is. A zombie apocalypse has to happen before anybody signs Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Because he's still unsigned, and this is going to go around, and you wait till fucking somebody loses their starter, their backup, their third-string guy, and then Kaepernick will become a viable option. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> It's either it's either Andy Reid goes out there under center or we sign Colin Kaepernick. Those are your well, two options. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think here as far as options in that in that like or not options like regarding that obviously, but like as far as QB rooms are concerned, is I mean the the Colts are in decent shape in that regard because they have yeah Philip Rivers at the one, obviously Jacoby Brissett at two. And then I know he's not, a, I'm not calling him elite. I'm not calling him some unbelievable quarterback. But as far as a third string quarterback is concerned, they got Swag Kelly at number three. Who? Chad Kelly. He was an old miss. Chad Kelly? Yep. Chad Kelly? He went, he was played for Denver. He was that guy that played Juco ball. Yep. Yeah, he went and played um, Juco I'm not saying that he's elite, obviously, but he's probably better than most teams' third string quarterbacks. Oh, so, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, when you get down that far, you're talking about the Duck Hodges of the world. You were talking quack, quack, about, quack, quack, quack. yes, yes. And <laughs> Steeler fans everywhere thought that he was the answer and he showed them real quick. That's not the case. <laughs> Him and Mason Rudolph showed real quick. That was not the case. Absolutely. So it's, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk about, there's going to be a lot of talk about it because and this is something you got to think about losing your starting quarterback to COVID is going to be a real thing. It's going to be a real thing. That's at least, that's at least missing two weeks. Oh, absolutely. And so this is what I'm saying, man, this is scary shit because you don't know when it's going to get back to normal. Fuck (laughs) all these other leagues, baseball and basketball, they're starting up, man. But like next year is going to be truncated too. Yeah. Because you're not going to start the new season. Well, baseball might be okay, but like the NBA, man, they're gonna. They're not gonna start the season until fucking January when they typically start it in October. True. You know. Well, so. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say a thing here, and this. This is kind of 
I was going to say this is my hot take, but I've said a couple during this episode here. Um, I'm not convinced that we're going to, A, have a football season, and I'm also not convinced that we're going to see the end to all the other league seasons. Yeah, um, like where they don't they don't play out to their entire Yeah, I, so that's why I'm kind of like, the schedule thing might fix itself only because of fate. Um, the thing with the NFL, which makes me think that I think the chances of the season actually happening are less than 50% probably. Um, there's so many logistics with football. This isn't like the NBA where you have 15 players and a handful of coaches and staff to, to roll along. You got what, 54, 55 members 50, of a football team? 53, Shane. 53, 53. Um, plus staff, plus training staff, plus front office. Like, so you're probably talking 85 to 90 people on the sidelines. Yeah. And low, like, moving that around, you can't do hub cities there because what? Like, you got 30, 32 teams at 90, 80ish, 90ish like people you can't do the an NBA bubble sort of thing you can't do an NHL bubble sort of thing like logistically how are you going to make that work with the travel yeah you're right because i mean baseball's kind of doing it but you're seeing it right now with the blue jays yep toronto's not letting them play there so they have to play in some shitty stadium in buffalo that their triple a team plays at yeah you know like it's just like are you going to see that sports wide you know are you going to see yeah. that in everywhere you know and here Hear me out on this one, too. I think, obviously, players want to play. Obviously. But I think for the betterment of of the future of sports, I wouldn't mind, for, for the sake of, being, of seeing a, a great brand of football, particularly in the future, I wouldn't mind a year off for players. You know, because then we have, I'm sure offensive linemen wouldn't mind. Um, but, like, you see some of these older players, then you get a, an entire season to rest. Then I don't think we've seen the end of like star players sitting out. I don't think yeah. we've seen the end of that being like, "Yo, dude, I'm not playing this." Because what wasn't one of the what wasn't one of the key um, one of the Chiefs' offensive linemen just opted to sit out to actually help with COVID relief in Canada? Yeah. I believe he's like a he's doing a residency or something. In, yep, in there so. It's, I think I think that's going to catch on more if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, if we're being just straight up, just straight up honest, I mean, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Look, the season's bound. The season is supposed to start in about a month. Okay, so obviously they're not going to have any preseason games. Yep. If they do, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> Biggest fucking idiots. On earth. We're, we're going to get some. We're going to get butt fumble city if we have any preseason games. Well, Christ, preseason at this point, we'll have me and you out on the field. <laughs> They have preseason games. Dude, I I almost forgot about this too. Um the Jamal Adams trade. Unfucking real, man. <sighs> Two first for this fucking guy. All right. And it only took him completely dogging on Adam Gase. Completely <laughs> saying this guy's not fit to be a fucking head coach for them to be like, all right, ass white. It's time to get out of here, man. Which time to fucking get your stepping. I, I can't tell if it's a genius move on Jamal Adams's, uh, like, um, like in, in his camp, or if it's just a reckless move. I might be leaning genius move. Um, I don't know, man. The Jets came out of here with two fucking first round picks, bro. 
Two first round fucking picks. You're about to go about to go play with Russell Wilson though. So he plays fucking offense. Jamal Anderson. Yeah, but okay, so okay, we're we're gonna lay this out right now. So Sam Darnold, Russell Wilson, who you taking to lead your team to the Super Bowl? Right now, Russell Wilson in exactly. three years. Oh my god! In three years, Don't maybe Sam Darnold. He was seeing ghosts. Look, there's pundits that are putting Russell Wilson at number six, like an overall which standing. Which is egregious. Level. Which it's is fucking egregious. Outrageous, okay. <laughs> like, just fucking outrageous. And I hate fucking Russell Wilson because the bastard has beaten the Falcons more times. But that motherfucker can play, man. He can yep. ball. So I know? think I think Jamal Adams has to has to be thinking, I have a chance. Like because <laughs> Jamal Adams can play. He's great. And I th- and I think he'll fit in with that team really really well, but he was never going to have the offense to to be able to get there. And I mean, he never really was going to have the defense either because Jets defense isn't that fantastic as a whole. But um, you're right, you're right. I think, but I mean, this this solidifies a ch- a chance for him to get a ring at least. Whereas I think the Jets have just been wasting his talent personally. Fuck. The Jets will never win a fucking Super Bowl ever. Ever. Okay, if, if the Jets ever win a fucking Super Bowl, I will be stunned. You know who else I don't think will ever win a fucking Super Bowl anytime soon, Shane? Um, Carolina Panthers? No, it's this fucking team that I've talked about for three goddamn weeks now. And I'll let my boy Michael Scott really play us into this fucking segment because I'm so sick of talking about this fucking team. Whenever I even, whenever the thought of bringing them up, them up happens, this clip plays in my fucking head. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 And of course, we were talking about the fucking Washington football team. Now, I didn't start Trademark. There. Yes. I didn't fucking stutter there. The Washington football team, okay? Also, how many weeks into the season do you, or what's your over-under on how many weeks it takes for it to get to the Washington football team? Christ. <laughs> no one fucking Dan Snyder. No one this fucking tone-deaf ass wipe, okay? What are the chances he actually keeps the team named the Washington football team? I'm not rolling it out. I'm not rolling it out. And, and look, our face of the week, we got a nice face and heel of the week dynamic going on this week. And our face of the week is the face of the week because of what he's doing, but we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. But the Washington football team, first of all, their fucking uniforms are terrible. They're fucking terrible. Dude, so I, I said this to you the other day when we were, when we were kind of talking about this. Um, they look like Blitz of the League uh, yes. stock uniforms. from Absolutely. their like. Oh man, we need to make sure these uniforms don't look like professional football team uniforms. Um, it, make man. sure we make sure we don't put any distinguishable features on it. Um, no angles. We're just gonna slap the number on the helmet. Yeah, we're just gonna slap the number on the helmet. You couldn't do anything. Put a W up there. Anything. <laughs> anything but the number. Because now you look like the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. Like, you know? And you don't look as good as the Alabama Crimson Tide. And you're not no. as good as the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nope. <laughs> I mean, like, there's always that discussion. Do you think Alabama could beat an NFL team? And it always kind of made me chuckle because I'm like, no, because if you think about it, they're, they're all NFL caliber players. Yes. And yeah. in college, they, they weren't. 
But that being said, with Dwayne Haskins and fucking, although, although Alex Smith was cleared to go back to practice this week. Who, who do you, like, do you think he just enters Alex a mentor Smith. role? I'm, I'm going to be honest no. with you. I would have retired the next day if I was Alex Smith. I'd been like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Like, the second they told me, yo, this infection's probably going to kill you. I would be like, yo, my football career's over. Yeah, you know, I would have like, been on the field and I would have been like, I'm good after this. Uh, you know what? You know, <laughs> I, uh, with that I, being said, I do hope he, like, I hope he gets under center again this year because I did like Alex Smith a lot, to be honest with you. Alex Smith is the ultimate game manager, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like a, he's like a less athletic Dak Prescott. But who can throw the ball better? Well, Depending on who you ask. Depending on who you Alex ask. Alex Smith had a lot of forgettable years in San Francisco. <laughs> and he had a lot of forgettable years with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They took him to the playoffs. But, like, Alex Smith has never been – do you think Alex Smith, in hindsight, was worth the number one pick? I mean, no. Um, no. I don't mean Basically, that. I, I don't – with that being said, I'm not saying he should have been, like, a second rounder. Um, I think he was, still, he was probably still, like, a top half pick. Like, 15, 16 and up for sure. Um, yeah, but number, number one, one nah. though, yeah, nah. like it's like it's. I think he's gonna be in the same breath, and Jesus Christ, I can't wait to get the blowback from this. I think he's in the same breath as, as Baker Mayfield is right now. You know, mm. Baker Mayfield can shock people, but right now, is Baker Mayfield worth the number one pick? Yeah, is, is the number one pick worth going I, six and ten every year? I, I like Baker, but you're right. This is a make or break year for Baker. I've, I've said it already. Yep, but he he is a he is a better Alex Smith. I think right now Baker Mayfield is a better Alex Smith. Yeah, somebody who, well, last year he did, but typically somebody who doesn't turn the ball over a whole bunch. Yep, last Kinda, year he fucked. He was a turnover machine. Well, it's funny, like you said. Uh, I saw like a I saw like a post today about um, you know, someone making the making the the sense of like the Washington football team is the worst team name in the nfl and it was like the like nervous puppet looking thing and it just and he just had a cleveland browns helmet on um Mm -hmm. and they're not yeah the browns don't have a logo except for that fucking squatting at midfield or whatever (laughs) but uh, i think the crazy thing about this too like with this whole branding for the washington football team we ought to trademark that now while we still have the chance by the way the washington uh, football team um well, but, uh, I think so. yeah, but, um, but Dan Snyder had what a decade. Yeah. He's been getting pressure for this for a lot of fucking years, man. What? Like at least be- a decade. And this is the best you could do. Well, look like, um, he, in 2015 or whatever, he really dug his heels in the dirt and said, I'm not changing the fucking name. Okay. <laughs> it took Pepsi and all them to fucking be like, yo bro, yep. you're changing it. And so now he is strong arm Dan Snyder just bullied him into changing the name. Hilarious that it happens in June, by the way. Hilarious because now (laughs) dude's scrambling. You know they say typically an NFL team can't to change the branding and everything. Typically takes about a year or so. Um, hey, look, you've had way fucking longer to think. You should have had a contingency plan in place here. Yeah, you should like. There should have been already names like in the back of your head, like. I mean, it should have been done a long time ago, yeah. a long and time it, ago. And I've made this argument on multiple outlets already. I've made mm-hmm. this argument already, and, and people disagree with me, and they agree with me. 
look, a lot of people don't find the name Redskin offensive because they're white people. Yeah. Or they'll be like, well, I know this one Indian guy and he said it doesn't affect him. Well, I'm glad you found one person that speaks of her entire group yeah, of people. Yeah, the, 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 the point you're trying to make. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like people that quote the Bible. Well, mm-hmm. this is why you should be gay. And then they pull out this one fucking random burst in the middle of something that's, that's totally like super gray. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's totally taken out of context. Yep. And so, and this Candace Owens, you know, for the whole black lives matter movement, you found mm-hmm. one black person, one that that's like, this is a terrible movement. Well, whatever, man. But like you found this one fucking person, she doesn't speak for a whole group of people, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's like anything else, but, I think Dan Snyder now is is in one of those positions where he's like, Jesus Christ, what he's, do I got? He's in a compromising spot. That's for dang sure. Absolutely. I mean, you got fucking dudes. You got dudes selling their shares in the team, and that never fucking happens. Yep. Selling, because, an NFL, selling shares in an NFL team is just something you don't fucking because do. Because the thing with – I feel like with owning a, a professional sports team, regardless if it's a good team or not, you make money. Yeah. Absolutely you do. It's a billion dollar fucking enterprise. Yep. The NFL is the NFL is one of the greatest monopolies ever to exist. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I uh to me, um I think the name should have been changed years ago. Yep. Not when the social climate gets a little tight. Yep. You know, now it's like, ooh, you know, like maybe you should have did this shit well, a long fucking yeah. time ago. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't even because the social climate got tight. It was literally because Money was leaving, and and they pulled the merchandise from the Nike website. You're right, and he's he's look Dan Snyder. Like, regardless, this whole transition is going to lose a whole boatload of money. He should. He should. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's going to affect his bottom line to the point where he's like, Jesus Christ! Like you know, obviously he's he's not going to be on a you know a ton of money. But yeah. you're right. When you own an NFL team or you own shares in an NFL team, you're likely making money more than not. Mm-hmm. So. To just be like, I no longer like making money. Well, I don't know what fucking universe you live in, my friend, but <laughs> I always like fucking making money. Yep. Right? Yep. I can't be in the minority here, correct? No. Uh, yeah, you're you're not wrong at all. Look, I'm tired of talking about these fucking guys already, mm-hmm. and I just want the season to get over with and just fucking, oh, God damn it, I can't wait till these guys go 4-12 and 12 habitually. <laughs> for the next five years but as Shane, the washington football team absolutely as the washington football team and with that shane let's uh kind of wrap things up here we got a face of the we got a face of the week we did this a couple of weeks ago with espn yep really pulling the plug on golik and wingo yeah and uh week we got a face of the week and a heel of the week so we got a little bit of a treat for you but the yep. face of the week kind of ties in with the redskins a little mm-hmm. bit uh it- why don't you take it away shano it's a uh, Philip Martin McCauley. Do you know who that is, Lance? Uh, no, and if you don't know that mm. name, uh, you really shouldn't. But he seems to be the smartest man in the universe. In the universe, this is—it's a guy. He's 61 years old. He's a resident of Virginia, I believe. But he is literally—he's known as the Washington Trademark Squatter. And this has kind of been rumored as kind of being the big um, wrench in the works as far as the, the rebranding of the Washington Football Team. Um, this dude essentially has, you know, like wrangled up all of the potential trademark names. Um, so, so the Washington football team can't snag up any of these brandings already snag up these team names or whatever. 
Um, God damn it. They said well, a couple of weeks ago the Red Wolves would have been super fucking been sick. sick. Yeah. But I believe, I mean, what the, all this is going to come down to is this, which is even sicker, uh, kind of a Robin Hood situation here. He's going to strong Dan at Dan Snyder into giving him a payday. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I want $10 million. <laughs> Sure. I'm going to be the Washington Warriors Yeah, after you fucking sign me a check yep. that has nine zeros after it. Yep. Um, you know? Which I think, and, initially I was like, man, like that's kind of crappy. But the more I thought about it, I was like, that's business, baby. That's beautiful. Fucking, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. You snooze, you lose. And if you aren't, and if, I swear to God, like if you aren't thinking about shit like that, owning an NFL franchise, fuck yep. you for being such a fucking twat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck you for being so tone deaf that you don't think of this shit yep. beforehand. Yep. Because you could have you, you you had this on deck forever, and uh, our pal Philip here is going to make you pay for it. Um, My man, Philip Martin McCauley. All right. I'd love to get him on the show, talk about it a little bit. Hey, Philip, what's up, buddy? <laughs> you know, I'd love to fucking talk to him, just be like, yo, really driving the screws into Dan Snyder. Congratulations. Really yep. just top notch stuff. And, uh, so, I mean, that's funny in the sense of that's just funny shit, man. Mm-hmm, like, because mm-hmm. this guy, this guy is smarter than the fucking owner of the Washington Redskins. And before you add us, I get it. You know, Dan Snyder didn't know he was going to change the name three months ago. But still, this fucking guy, man. Yep. Look, top notch businessman, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yep. look at that. The face of the week this week is Philip. Martin McCauley. We also have the heel of the week, though, which I did not drop on Shane until this very second, right? Yeah, Shane? this is news to me. Yeah, who you got? Look, I uh, anyone that knows me knows from I come from a small town in Pennsylvania, a small, very close-minded. You know, you might it might as well be an Amish community if you're thinking about it. It's really <laughs> small, just a bunch of people that uh, they only think one way because in the whole county I grew up in probably 10,000 people in the entire county mm-hmm. that I grew up in. Probably 10,000 people, right? Yeah. Really small, really close-knit kind of people. And this week in the Daily American, which is the newspaper oh, of my home. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a newspaper article that was actually printed in the opinion section. It was by a local pastor. And when I read this headline to you, it's going to fucking knock your socks off, Shane. The only thing I'm going to do is read you the headline, and I want you to kind of react to it. Mm-hmm. The headline in the opinion page of this newspaper, verbatim. And if you want to check it out, it'll be up over at the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I will put it up there. Advice to single women on how to get a husband. That is the headline of this news article that this paper thought was appropriate to print. Now, a lot of people coming to this guy's defense, obviously, a lot of people that that go to his church and members of his congregation and things like that, coming to his defense really quickly saying, oh, he was kidding, you know, it's satire, things like that. You know, look, in an age where we have to take everything super fucking seriously, and it's different than when people say, Stop being so sensitive about everything. This isn't being sensitive about anything, okay? Mm -hmm. My whole family are women. I have two daughters. I have a wife. They're all women, okay? 
I fear every day when, as they grow up, the things that I'm going to have to go through as a husband and as a father of two daughters. Mm-hmm. It's shit like this that makes me the most fucking scared, man. And you can call me a pussy. You can call me a snowflake, liberal, all this shit, okay? But when I hear shit such as, let me read you an excerpt from here. Oh, no. Women should look your best and meet people. Don't be seductive, but do take care of your appearance, wear attractive clothes, and do your hair. Get the fuck out of here, man. Another line in here, men are hairy, get over it. Okay, so in one breath, you're telling people to get over the appearance of men and how they look. In the next breath, you're telling women to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yikes. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, I I just can't. I don't know, dude. Like, I'm staggered. He also says to ask God to set you up with your soulmate. Okay, God's uh, not a wingman, first of all. Like, <laughs> exactly. You're supposed to develop a positive attitude. Think I'm a victor, not a victim. What the fuck is Whoa. this guy talking about? That's what I'm saying. Stupid shit like Dude. this is what sets us back, man. Yep. It's what sets us back, bro. Well, and so, I get it. I don't know. Fundamentally, like, this is a dude. An old white dude, by the way. Telling women how how yeah, they should act exactly. and how they should be. Exactly. This isn't an opinion piece by some woman I've, who... My eyes know, literally just rolled the whole, like, 360 in my head. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, the more... And, and I get it. You know, people have different belief systems and things like that. And they think that, you know, another ridiculous argument I've heard this week is that the Black Lives Matter movement is destroying the nuclear family and destroying the thought of the father as the head of the household. So? <laughs> so what? Trust me, man. If It'll I could, be all right. <laughs> yeah, if I could live in a world where my wife did everything and she was the head of the household, I don't think I'd say shit because I don't yep. care. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. This isn't a power struggle. Yeah. This isn't something that my, I'm like. My ego I'm, isn't so huge that I have to quote unquote be the breadwinner and provide. Exactly. Like as long as as long as the team goals getting done, that's all that matters. That's what I'm fucking saying, man. That's what I care about. I don't give a shit about the nuclear family. I don't give a fuck about people like saying like single families are living in sin and things like that. Look, things happen, man. Yep. And not everything can be explained. Mm-hmm. And shit like this, shit like this article is the fucking reason why things. Whenever we take a step, progressive step forward, we take fucking five steps back. Because you realize people are still thinking like this, with this archaic kind of thinking yep. that are just like, wow, you need to get married to be happy. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know plenty of people that aren't married. Yep. I know plenty of people that aren't married and are happy. Yeah, I was, gonna say, I was just about to say uh, plenty of happy not married people. Yeah. Absolutely. And people that have been with their significant others for and, years, you know? And to even speak to that too, like, obviously, like, we're very, very happy. Like, we're very, very happy and we're, like, in great marriages, obviously, both of us. But... I know a lot of people who got divorced and are very happy because of it. Exactly. Sometimes you just find yourself in situations, you mm -hmm. know, whatever the situation may be. And you you can fall out of love with people. Like, I hate the the notion that, oh man, once you, once you sign up for those wedding vows, that's it. People change, man. People change over time. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Just change over time. People would rather 
would rather you stick and be really, really unhealthy and really unhappy. But oh, your marriage is still going, so we're good. It's like yeah. no, that's not that's not how that should work. Like, <laughs> like why is that an indicator mm-hmm. to how happy, like, like how happy your marriage is or whatever? Like, yep. I sometimes you grow and people just don't grow with you. It's just mm-hmm. a way of life. And I'm not trying to give you marital advice or whatever, yeah. you know. And this isn't a show where we talk a lot about. But but I read this and I was just I was fucking blown away, man. Yep. That this type of thinking is still being allowed. Uh, Brent Williams, a pastor in Somerset. Like, I just, I don't know, man, like shit like that. And like I said, man, I grew up in a town where that kind of, that kind of stuff was tolerated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing that you, you and I talk about it a lot too, is self-awareness. Yeah. This guy's got zero, zero. And whether, whether or not you're, whether or not you wrote it satirically or whatever, man, does not fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You have to well, have self-awareness on well, how this let's, is. Let's, let's be real. He didn't write it satirically. Come on. And people just defending that are just trying to defend this fucking guy. Yep. That's all it is. And you can, you know, I'll fight you till I'm blue in the face. I will fight you until I'm blue in the face at, at the fact that some things are just off limits, man. Some things, even when said satirically, are just mm-hmm. off limits, man. Some yep. things are sensitive to people. It's also a, a read the room situation, too, where it's like in a world where where not everyone has the same rights. Like, to kind of say, you know, an alleged, you know, satirical thing that kind of, like, leans into the whole thing of, you know, women's not, women not having complete freedom in a lot of things like that. Um, yeah. It's just saying. like, it's, so you're either satirical and tasteless, or you're just a bad person. Pick your yeah. poison. So which one is it? Are yep. you just a terrible fucking person, or are you just... You're trying to be funny, but are like zero percent funny. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking Lance level funny, zero, <laughs> right? And so, I mean, like at at the end of it, man. Like seriously, at the at the end of the day, like with sh- people saying shit like this and people like allowing this kind of shit to be printed, got taken off the website a fucking immediately, bro. Wait, did it immediately? Absolutely, it did. <laughs> more about this shit with the bravo man yep bravo for fucking women standing up man i'm mm-hmm. i'm a big time i'm pro woman for real yep because again i i live in a family that is all women so what am i gonna do and i'll be damned if you're gonna tell my kids that they can't do something because of their gender you can kiss mm-hmm. my ass right now yep you know that's why i feel so impassioned about other movements going on right now because i see I see it with my own eyes, you know, even with women and stuff, you know, it's, they're still fighting a battle. They shouldn't have to be, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be a, pay, there shouldn't be a pay gap yep. between men and women. There shouldn't be anything between men and women. Everybody should just be fucking equal. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems to be such a crazy idea, concept. huh? Well, what a fucking novel concept. Man. <laughs> so, big shout out to Brent Williams for making it on the show. This hey. week, buddy. <laughs> Heel of the week, my man. Like, and I hope whatever fucking, whenever you get to heaven, brother, I hope that you got, you got some fucking explaining to do if you ask me, but mm-hmm. uh, satirical or not. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Shane, that brings us to the end of the show, buddy. And, yep. and next week we got a doozy. Why don't you remind people who we got on? Yeah, we're bringing week. old, uh, old George in from stick to your guns. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk shop with him. Oh, absolutely. And obviously we're going to talk, you know, we're going to hit the notes. Uh, we're going to talk about stick to your guns and we're going to talk about, a lot of other stuff, but he's a huge wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. So next week's going to be very wrestling heavy. He was in attendance and I won't blow it right now, but he was in attendance for a gigantic wrestling show 
that not a lot of people have talked about have been there live. So just, mm-hmm. you know, get those thinking caps rolling for next week. Uh, make sure that you are here when we talk to George. I think his last name is Schmitz, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Yes, it's George Schmitz from Stick to Your Guns. Mm-hmm. Excellent guy, an excellent fucking band. Uh, a band that is really just really at the forefront. We're probably going to get into politics next week as well. His band is really at the forefront of, you know, just being progressive and things like that. And really mm-hmm. an inspiration for a lot of people. So yeah. we're going to be really excited to have George on. We got a lot of other cool guys coming on the show in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Also, we might have a major announcement next week when in regards to the show. Fingers it's crossed. huge. Shame. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're 10 episodes deep, but the reaction has been fantastic. Yeah. And that has, you know, that has led to a couple of other things that are going to be kind of cool. Uh, so we hope that you just stick with us here on the Heel Turn Collective podcast. But while you're at it, go check out the Heel Turn Collective radio network on Facebook. Give us a like and let us know what you uh, what you think of the shows and things like that. We have a show three times a week. Every Sunday, me and Jordan Dukes do Word Up or Bird Up. Hashtag join the flock. Make sure you check us out every single Sunday. We get into a whole bunch of shit. Give it the old word up or the bird up. Obviously, here every Tuesday, the flagship show on the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network, the Heel Turn Collective Podcast, right here every single Tuesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Then every Friday, me and our boy Jay Johnson get into AEW Talk. We break down every single dynamite every week. Uh, We got all kinds of shit going on with that. And, I mean... Really, just some exciting shit going on, and really excited about the, you know, just the the, the followership we've had, and, and the people kind of reaching out to us, mm-hmm. saying they really like what we're doing, and it's really killer, man. Like we're really yeah. excited about the future of everything we got going on. We might be adding some more shows, you know, we might down the pike here. We might be adding a couple more shows throughout the week. Our goal is to get a show of new content every single day of the week. Plus, we got a Twitch going up. We got a YouTube channel. We got all kinds of shit that we got going on that we're really excited here mm-hmm. at the Heel Collective Radio Network. And with that being said, Shane, mm-hmm. parting words before we get the hell out of here. No, um, let's have a dang old week this week, and uh, excited here, uh, excited to talk to George. Absolutely. So, I am Lance. He is Shane. And next week, we got George from Stick to Your Guns, so make sure you check that out and all the other shows here on the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.